The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. You're listening to the Accidental Parenthood podcast. My name is Lenora, and I decided to interview my brother Evan about his experience as a teen dad to now being a 30-something single father of two. We go deep into the challenges of unexpected parenthood with some humor and sibling banter. Take forever. Oh, we're live? Okay. We are on. We're not live, we though. Are on. We can be better. It's time to sing. No. <laughs> I want to my voice the outtakes. <laughs> okay. I'm singing so on the mic. Song. <laughs> you sing it. You no. sang it. I didn't sing it. Was a man. No, oh sorry. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. So at this point of the I story. Inter- I'm sorry. Oh, sh- I won't interrupt you anymore. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> These are the things I'll put at the end of the episode. Absolutely. So at this point of your story, you now have two children under the age of six. Yes. Five-year-old and a newborn. You have two kids. You're in a relationship. You're running a household. You guys have a house now. Your work situation. How is your home life? How are you feeling? How are you juggling all of this? I had a few jobs in a short period of time in those like couple of years. Yeah. And you're still 25, 26. Still 25. Okay. Yes. If only. <laughs> so things are decent, I think, at this point. Things are relaxed. Family life is decent. Mm-hmm. Toddler and a five-year-old, five-and-a-half-year-old. Or is that a toddler and a baby? Toddler and a newborn. You're the parent. You should know this stuff. No, because if he was if he was five, then he the other one was six months old, I think. Yes. Yeah. So five and a half. Something like that. Okay. So whatever. Something like that. So it all it's all mush (laughs) now. I can't remember that stuff. Okay. But yeah, things are decent. Almost a traditional family at this point, which is It looks good. It looks good on paper. Right. Behind the scenes. Yeah, like that's what I want to know. It's different. How are you feeling? Like honestly feeling about your fatherhood experience about who well, you I'm are as a person feeling a little lonely seriously i was there's a lot of loneliness is this, this because point. you guys are focusing on two kids and not on your on your relationship more so yeah the relationship seems to be like it's there there's no effort being put in it's like we're coexisting mm-hmm. i wouldn't say flatlining but it's just like it's you're not getting what you need. not really nobody's really okay. putting in much effort i mean it's a different time again. We're still dealing with stuff which we're not talking about. Like your own personal Our own personal. We're still dealing with our issues. own personal okay. issues. And we don't realize that. So it's easy to point fingers at each other. Let's go into this a bit. You both have two kids. You're, you're both working. Parents are working, We don't right? both have two kids. We have two kids in <laughs> Okay. You both share two just children. To, just to elaborate And that. you both have separate jobs, right? At so this... Uh, the, well, yes. More or less. At this okay. point, more or less. All right. So you're busy. You guys are raising your kids. Is there actual time, realistically, to work on your issues individually? There is, if the effort's there. And for me personally, I didn't uh, actually stop to think about my personal issues for the long period of time. Okay. More focused on the day-to-day stuff. House, you know, just provide a good home life for everybody. But at the same time, yeah, when I was on my downtime, it'd be kind of like, you know, I... You just want to escape? I knew how I felt, but I didn't really pursue fixing it or changing anything. Is that a guy thing? It could be. I think, 
it sometimes is. You just like, eh, it is what it is. That's the mentality. So I will just ah. deal with it, right? Like, well, no, De- you're not dealing with it. You're talking about. You're just you're just shrugging it off. You've worked with a lot of guys in different industries. Yes. <laughs> you work in oil and gas currently, and you've worked in oil and gas before construction, construction that type of thing. Uh, you know, yeah. Speaking then at that time and now. Is that the general mentality of guys? Of just deal with whatever, it's there, yeah, we've got just this. it is what it is. It is what stuff. it is, exactly. It can it's... be. Okay. Depends on the topic, depends on the person. I can't speak for everybody, <laughs> especially here and where we, we live and stuff. A lot of guys shrug things off. They don't mm-hmm. deal with things. That's right. why there's so many health problems. They mm-hmm. bottle things up. Again, they got that identity. It's not manly enough. It's not manly to express your feelings. There's still that mentality out there, okay. especially with the older generation. Even our generation, like, I think some of us are better, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of that. And yeah, it doesn't help you. You got to own up to it and say, yes, there's a problem. I got to deal with it. Do you see a lot of men talking more in the workforce? Do you see a lot of guys going through what you went through? Oh, totally. Easy to spot it. You can tell people, especially the talkers. You get the storytellers who are all like, they like to talk about anything else but their own problem. So they'll make excuses to, you know, tell you a story. But you can sometimes tell like deep down, there's things you really really need to deal with. Can you elaborate a bit more? Like, do you mean like they're making fun of other somebody else or they're trying to point out other people's problems? Well, some are. Some, yeah, if you say, oh, so-and-so is being a grump today or whatever. Like, but now looking back, it's like, well, why is that person grumpy? They're obviously dealing with something. Right. You know, whether it's relationship or... And so they just want know. to point out that someone else is suffering and... The thing. Right. That's, a lot of people just want to be heard. Right. A lot of people, and the ones who talk, they're not going to listen. So you don't go to them if you have problems. Like the talkers, oh, okay. the storytellers out there. Right. So, like, if some guy at lunchtime is blabbing on about something or something yeah, or other... Yeah, it's the people that that say they know everything, have an opinion about everything. It's oh. like, they're the ones, I think, who have the biggest issues. Oh, Because they're okay. so busy talking. And they go, oh, yeah, this because this happens because of this. That happens because of that. Oh, yeah, I have a story. Oh, yeah, that one time this happened to me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but... So, it's kind of like the only way they get hurt cover. is by talking about something else. I feel. But, I mean, again, mm-hmm. I can't prove that. I don't, I'm not right. trying to prove it. Yeah, but it, uh, it's your, it's your... there is a I think a lot of a lot of men again feel shamed or embarrassed to bring stuff like that up. Right. I think it's getting. I think the last few years is getting a lot better now because men's mental health is coming out as a big deal. Have you actually been able? Because I know you, you've told me that like, at work your female coworkers have come to you to talk about issues to do with their home life, whether it's kids or partners or whatever. You've had those conversations with women, but have yeah. any men approached you? Yeah, I've had a few. More of these men, they don't even come to me. They just, they know they can talk to me because they right. know who I, how I am. Yeah. So I've had a lot of people, you know, men, women, talk to me about their different issues. Mm-hmm. And I just, I listen. I don't tell them what to do. I give yeah. some opinions. And it's based on things that you've gone through previously with your experience as a new parent or young parent. Currently, I work with some younger guys who are just relatively new parents. I was older guys, too, who just had new young kids. Yeah. I think, right, some of them are still in the baby moon phase. Right. So they haven't had enough time yet to maybe go through that certain things. I know a few of them have. Right. And it's the ones who have older kids and, like, you know, I find are a bit more open to talk because they have more experience. So they're younger, yeah, you got to put a couple years in, especially brand new parents. Everything's perfect when you're a brand new parent. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah, baby sleeps. like Publicly. Do you hear that then? We're, oh, okay, well, I'm married now. The next step is let's have a kid. 
just off the cuff without even uh, thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> and I've heard of people who already have three kids. They're like, oh well, if she gets pregnant, she gets like she gets pregnant, she gets pregnant. Really? <laughs> like, dude, that's this person already is at work twelve hours a day, right. breaking their back for the three kids they have. Oh, now they want to add a fourth one. <laughs> You're gonna work the rest of your life away, buddy. Oh, well, it's like, no, you, you're an idiot. <laughs> is this because there is no imagination of what else you can do with your life, do you think? How were you when you would come home? Did that bring you a sense of joy? No. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it was nice to come home, get me wrong. Right. But was I coming home to relax, which usually I like to do? It wasn't, there's always things to do when I got home. Right. Which should be... You know, whether it's household chores or at the, you know, somebody needed something or whatever. It was like, it was always, there's just more work on top of work. Right. So there's really no joy for me in that. Right. Joy was like having time to myself, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> or when I'd come home to an empty house, that's when my energy level would just jump up tenfold. Like, holy crap, there's nobody home. Woohoo. <laughs> I enjoy that for however long it was. And then, I don't know. That's just me. Well, no, as someone that loves living by yourself, that is a great sense of joy for me when I come home and I'm like, or wake up in the morning for that oh, yeah, matter. It's quiet. You know, quiet. Especially at that, those ages, yeah, you don't get much quiet. At well, when your kids come and stay over with me when they were younger and I'd have to get up when they were up because they couldn't get their own food. I mean, I, yeah. I'd have to kind of supervise. Well, that's why you train your kids to take care of themselves. Well, and it's great at this <laughs> age now, the age they are now, because I, I mean, I, yeah, I make, the, you know, make I, I participate. Dinner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just grill the chicken and your oldest makes his own salad because he loves Absolutely. it. So, I mean, I just get, as an aunt, you get a taste, just a taste of, of the responsibility when they're younger. and then Any advice I have right now, train <laughs> your kids to take care of themselves. Because you I know what? On a Sunday morning, you don't want to get up to pull, make a bowl of Cheerios for your youngest. He can pour the milk himself. You yes. might get it halfway over the, you know, over the bowl on the counter. But, I mean, you know what? You still get that extra half an hour. To sleep in. You might come into the kitchen, there's milk all over yeah, the floor. Yeah, it'll be a ah, mess, whatever. but you know what? They need to train them to clean up after themselves. <laughs> That's my advice to new parents. Train your kids to take care of, change, you know, if they can get them at age four to change your own pull-up or something. Like, <laughs> at perfect. four? Aren't they oh. supposed to be potty? Oh, whatever. I don't know. It I don't depends want, on the child. I don't want to talk about this. This is not a parenting podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> okay, so let's... And you, but right. we all well, do a successful parenting podcast <laughs> where you just train your kids to do everything. And they'll be fine. Pay the bills at 10 years old. Absolutely. Um, okay, so let's... That's not fair to me. No, <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Uh, all right. So we are going to go a little deeper into the darkness of yes. what you went through with parenthood. So we talked about you, you're feeling the most joy when you come home to a relatively quiet, empty house. Absolutely. Now, things have been trucking along for a while. You're working, you know, every, the house seems to be okay. Your family life seems to be okay. But there's something actually going on in, internally for you. Yeah. And what was that and how did you start to realize... You know, you, you'd been juggling for a couple of years, things seemingly okay, but when did things start to shift? Or when did you start to feel that bubble of something's amiss, something's off? Oh, well, so I'm not going to be specific, but... Like, like, what age were you starting to I crack? was, you know, maybe close to the late 20s, you know, okay. 27-ish. So age definitely helped with that, because you get... You, 
the longer you go on with something, it's like, okay, eventually something's going to change. Right. And at that point, I was like, I'm not seeing a whole lot of change that is beneficial or I, I like. And you're t- and now what are we referring to? We're talking about home, your home life situation or your relationship sh- situation? Uh, well, all of it, I think. It all, it all, it's all connected. Yeah, okay. So your, your life um, in general, basically. You know, I was in a comfortable. I was comfortable, but that's that's well, uh if that's, that's a a, not a good place yeah. to be because if it's comfortable on a negative level, then you got to change that. So you were comfortable with your job. You were com- comfortable with what you weren't getting from your relationship, really. Yeah, for the most part. Now that's the thing. I I knew it could be better. Okay. But again, I was comfortable, and I felt if any changes might you know disturb that. The fun of the dynamic. So it's like it was might have made it worse. Okay. I didn't want to risk that, so I just kind of right. went with it. And that, to me, was just going to work every day. Right. Which really kind of sad, but that's my contribution. You know, right. yeah, I could spend time with the boys and stuff. As I got older, they would they were doing more on their own, mm-hmm. which was fine. Then at the, depending on what point, we had a lot of outside interference right. going on so. to that point, too. So that was another headache to deal with and stress. Yeah, like outside interference from other family members. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, I was more frequent in that point because some were living with us. Oh, okay. And that was not uh, a good uh, mix. Right. It started, like, the intentions were okay, but yeah. it, in reality, it wasn't good yeah. for anybody. And so why at that point had you had you allowed that to happen? Well, again, I was trying to make everybody happy. Right. Okay. So, again, I was so you putting were... other people's happiness first Yeah. and putting mine last. If everybody was happy, then I felt happy. Right. Even but... if you were... I don't think I honestly felt happy okay. being being very honest with it. Yeah. Looking back, I don't think I, I wasn't I wasn't happy with it. Okay. But I was allowing it to happen so other people could be happy. Okay. And see, again, that's something that people put on a pedestal of saying, "Look, you're sacrificing your happiness for somebody else." And really now at this point, so you had gone for years sacrificing your own happiness to make your your partner happy. And everybody else involved, your kids, that sort of thing. Now, what was that doing to you internally? What was starting to come up? Looking back, were there warning signs that you could have spotted it earlier that you were stuffing down? Or what happened that made you go, okay, this is right in my face. I have to deal with something. Oh, my health was kind of deteriorating a little bit. I was getting all the stress that I was keeping into myself was Mm -hmm. eating at me. Okay. And, yeah, you know, bottling up emotions is not healthy for you. Like, stress is not good for you. Yeah. Obviously, and that's stuff I'm learning now to, you know, as I go to school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was keeping everything to myself. The thing that bothered me, I like, oh, no, I won't say anything. I'll let it happen because like, to keep people happy. And it warning signs, yeah, just my health. I was getting sick more. Okay. You know, I felt like garbage a lot. And eating, I was eating a lot. I was a lot heavier, too. I was eating lots of shit food. So stress eating. Stress eating. Okay. You know, didn't you know? Healthy diet wasn't there, right? For the most part, and I like to keep myself fit. Yeah, people know me. I like to keep keep fit, but I wasn't doing that. I oh, was okay. really that was yeah. You know, confidence was not there. Self esteem really wasn't there. Yeah. So that just reminded me because we were going to talk about this before. Um, there is at one point the topic of marriage had come up. We won't get into that so much, but. I remember starting to tease you a little bit about things because on the outside, I thought things were great. I thought that you guys were, you know, relationship-wise pretty strong and 
your kids were happy and, and you had a great house and, and you had, you know, on paper, things look good. And I was, after all the shit that you had gone through, it made me really happy to see you in what seemed like a great space. One particular evening we were all together and, and I was teasing you guys about marriage and we won't get into that so much, but I, I started saying things that like that to you. And then I was also out coming out of a relationship and I'd got my own place and I was feeling my, my normal independent free self again after being in a relationship for five years and I was really loving it. And so I remember I would tease you, you would think you would text me about certain things to do with the kids or whatnot. And I would be like, Oh yeah, I'm doing this, this, like I was working a lot, but I, I was really experiencing freedom at a level. Cause this was over the age of 30. Now I think it was 32 or something. And I was starting to really embrace the, the loveliness that is being 30 something. And so I would text you a lot, kind of as a response to, oh, this is so great, my yeah. life's so good, not realizing that you were secretly struggling heavily, and and then eventually you went on medication and stuff. You didn't tell me any of this stuff until yeah. later. And that's the thing, yeah, when you you know keep things to yourself for so long, it becomes habit. Yeah, and you and I normally talk about everything. Yeah. Like, we have a very open relationship. Oh, totally, yeah, and that's, that's the thing, too, like, if... And that's why taking self, taking time for yourself as a parent is crucial, I think, for your mental health state mm -hmm. and whatnot. Like, yeah, don't listen to what anybody else says negatively about it. Take time for yourself. That's, yeah. And that's what I didn't do. A lot of times I should have, you know, you have our own, you know, go to my man cave and watch a movie or something. And yeah, that's yeah. alone time, but that's, you know. It kind of covers gotta, it up a bit. Yeah, like you got to like leave, take over a drive. Mm -hmm. Goes to your friend here, and it's okay to see friends. Yeah. You know. Like, you guys don't have to be attached to the hip, or you don't have to be... I mean, it's easy for me to say, but, like, you don't... <laughs> be... I get it. It is It is hard at when kids are a certain age. Just I don't know why. It's just programming, I think, that you feel kind of bad leaving them. Where right. you're like, oh, I should be there just in case something happens. Yeah, for sure. But at the same time, yeah, you still need time for yourself. Yeah. That's why I... I feel bad for a lot of struggling single parents out there who have no way to no help or yeah. support Yeah. where it's constantly, if you got young kids, you're constantly looking after them. You, that's when, you know, people go get breakdowns and stuff. You need that time for yourself to re recharge. Yeah. Recoup. Because then, and it does affect how you interact with your child as well. Oh, totally. You yeah. know, you get to a point where you're wound up all the time. You're probably going to start, snapping at these kids all the time or whatever yeah. you know getting angry easily yeah or frustrated have no patience mm -hmm. and then it's like now you're projecting onto your children right and they're like they're not really aware of why yeah they think it you know that then that transcends down and like maybe they start thinking there's something's wrong with them and it keeps right us a... you have this thing as your kids got older where you guys you would have meeting meetings with your kids yeah and that's the thing too I, like i you know, love my boys you know yes i'm you know, I like my time, my own time myself. And now mm -hmm. as them, they're older, I got more of that now, which yeah. is great. My biggest thing, I think, I did not want to lose, as kind of things progressed and, you know, I didn't want to lose any, uh, my relationship with them. Mm -hmm. I wanted, if they were going to know who their dad was. Right. Dad was, my dad was going to be in their life yeah. as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And when things were kind of hit and miss, you know, relationship family wise, at home, it was, yeah, we started doing meetings once a week. I'd bring a, you know, can of pop. <laughs> it evolved into a lot more than that later on because that's all they wanted. That was fine. But it was my chance to just spend some time with them together, just communication, saying, hey, 
if you guys have any issues, you can come. You know, you can talk to me. Yeah. And, you know, I. It was the first time. I think the first time I apologized to my children because I I knew they could tell I wasn't in the best place. Right. Because of all that was going on. A lot in, of stuff. Yeah, a lot yeah. of stuff was going on, and I didn't want my kids to remember me like that. Right. I okay. don't want my kids to remember. Oh, Dad's always grumpy all the time or angry. Yeah. Is it maybe it's us? I didn't, right. I didn't want them yeah. to think that. I said, okay. you know what? I'm dealing. I told them. I'm dealing with my my own shit right now. Yeah. I'm sorry if I found anger, if I snapped yeah. at you guys. I apologize. Yeah. I've never apologized to my kids. I've apologized many times since. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't want you guys to think it's you. Yeah. You know, I, I'm dad's dealing with my his own stuff right now. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to let them know that. Right. And then, yeah, we had, it was fun. We had a little man meeting once a week. Yeah. Just, and how, how old were they when you started doing that? Do you remember? They would have been, oldest would have been 10 and youngest would have been about five. All right. Okay. So, and so they, that's a good age for them. Yeah. To and start. they were both aware of it. And they both, yeah, more so because they got something out of it. You got a, <laughs> a bribe with sugar. Or a slurpee <laughs> or something. But it was, for me, it was good just to like. Yeah. Have that kind of peace of mind that my kids know that dad will be is there for them. Right. But dad's dealing with stuff as well. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, for you and me growing up, I don't know. Again, our, our childhood is very different than the childhood you're giving your boys because we had a very structured religious yeah. quiet. I mean, you have a your kids have a quiet household. We had a quiet household, but we didn't. We weren't allowed to have TV. We didn't really we didn't have birthday either. parties. We didn't celebrate Christmas. Like, no. there's a lot of things we did not get to have that your kids do get to have. Yeah. And talking about how we were feeling i mean the first time i got to talk to my parents was when they sent me to anger management and and therapy at 16 because they thought i was angry which i was and then i was in the room with them explaining and listening to my parents explain to the counselor the way that they had raised us and the religion and all the rules that went with that religion and all the things that i wasn't allowed to do and why i wasn't allowed to do it and and bottom line was the therapist is like okay you need to let your daughter do some things and then i went to therapy separately and my mom went to therapy on her own as well. And that was the only time that I got to that I talked about my feelings with my parents in the room. And they were not super happy about it, but the therapist sided with me because they're like, well, it's just your daughter doesn't want to do anything bad. She just wants to dye her hair and go to a movie and go to a school dance. Like, yeah. what's wrong with that? So to see you do that with your kids, and I mean, again, different circumstances, different time, but it's great that there's that communication between your kids and they know that like I don't know if you ever had that feeling that your parents are bulletproof like we saw our mom be sick but we never aside from the church services and the way they were structured we never really heard what our parents felt yeah I mean mom and I would go at it head like mom would be bawling yelling at me (laughs) and I'd be like fake I love you mom because I just felt saying it out of obligation and I had it you know my issues with our parents but it was never, I never felt it was a genuine talking to one another as as children because parents just seemed at a different level. Oh, totally. When really now as an adult, I'm like, holy crap, like you're going through all these, your own issues with everything under the sun. Then you have this life that you're trying to, human that you're trying to raise on top of that. Oh, totally. It's stress. It's, yeah, a lot of stress. Is yeah. Of, like it's draining on a person. Yeah. Absolutely. And, yeah, it's like, it's funny because with now the kids getting older, it's like, yeah, we did a lot of communication and whatnot. And now as they're older, they text you. They text, <laughs> I totally do. <laughs> We're all in our rooms on Snapchatting. My youngest, the oldest, is asking for money. And I'm like, wow, what are you going to do for me? And then 
Oh yeah, it's great now. It's, it's I got my you know little. This this is for anyone with like really young parents. I always laugh when they're like they're like going off about their kids, and I, I think about my nephews and and the reality of you know I mean they're boys. I think like my best friend has two kids who are younger, and so the, uh, over the summer when your kids came to stay over at my place. Uh, the oldest one stayed in his room the whole time and would only come down for food, which was totally fine. I mean, I have it set up where they can have their privacy. Mm. I sent my friend a photo of the closed door. I'm like, yeah, my nephews are here to visit. <laughs> the oldest is in this room and I only see him when he's hungry. Well, those, <laughs> are the best, those are the best kids to have around. Who yeah, well, no, they're, they're great. They're quiet. They're self-sufficient. But I mean, that's that's the the reality. There's all the, this hopefulness. And that's actually something uh, I, I wanted to mention before that I forgot that people seem to see kids as this beacon of hope. And, you know, I, I suppose for a lot of parents, that is the situation. Maybe this is more of a circumstance where you, you wanted children and planned for children. And maybe that's a symbol of hope. Do you see your kids as a symbol of hope for anything? <laughs> well, I just really hope my kids aren't don't turn into disgruntled adults that complain on Facebook about everything. <laughs> I hope so too. Uh, but that's why you have a child out like myself who shows them how cool uh, adulthood can be and you don't have to do everything that everybody else does. Yeah. I think I... <laughs> I tell them... I, I tell your kids all the time that I hope they become happy adults. They just kind of give me their, their little grins. Eh. Oh, Whatever yeah, that totally. means. I don't know what that'll mean for them, but I'm hopeful that they... Well, but I don't look at kids as like... Let's hope oh, for the future. Hope. Yeah, I, I I like to question. What are you hoping they're gonna do? Yeah, they're probably just gonna if you're if that's you hoping your kids, they're probably just gonna be growing up to kids or growing up to turn into adults who hope their kids <laughs> exactly. are a beacon of hope. <laughs> Who's having kids who are oh god, it's it'll just ridiculous it'll just recycle itself. Yeah. So you have all these adults who were kids once who were hope for the other adults. <laughs> And now it's just repeating itself. And oh, yeah. That's the never ending story. Welcome to twenty twenty one. Babies for everybody. Well, not me. Hopefully not. <laughs> you have been listening to the Accidental Parenthood Podcast. If you would like to get in touch with us or share your own story, please email us at accidentalparenthood at gmail.com. You can also visit our website, which is accidentalparenthood.com. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, be sure to rate and review our podcast wherever you listen. And be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.